coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios. This is Old School. Brought to you by Sand Hills Global. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to Old School on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. DP, Jay Foreman joining you, taking you all on a journey. 402-464-5685, Honda Lincoln Hotline, Sutter Heyman, text line, Old School, brought to you by Sandhills Global. Sandhills Global has hundreds of job opportunities available and internships. Their global headquarters right here in Lincoln. Head to sandhills.jobs today and apply. I know that it, it sounds like, oh, you know, I don't want to work. It. No, there's a hundreds of hundreds of job opportunities available. There's something for everybody. Sandhills.jobs. Go and apply today. There's internships as well. They got you hooked up. They got you They got you hooked up. Anything and everything. Right. If you want to work this, you know, have at it. Have at it. We can get that stuff. So, well done. Well done. Let, let's get into it. We we travel through first of all we you know we we you know this is the first time so it's me Vashawn, Jay and Strick and we're on the same flight which leads to chaos I sounds fun <laughs> which leads to chaos I think Vashawn said he doesn't like flying I know he doesn't like flying I was surprised that he like because I'm like you could have just drove I mean you could have if you wanted to do that um, but you know, we want him there we want him to broadcast mm-hmm. it like he needs to be a part of this. Strick's super excited. Like I, <laughs> he's like, "What are we wearing? What are we?" Wearing? I'm like, "It's casual dress. Like wear the ticket." Took a picture of two of his jerseys. Talking about Big Ten media. Day. Yeah, like you didn't walk in with your jersey. His, his Bucks jersey and his yeah. and his Pacers jersey. Yeah, like he walking in. It's his spot, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, you know, no, just I'm like, get it, you know, grab one of the ticket pullovers that we that we just got everybody, and we we can take care of that. So, uh, Jay gonna have to be like Papa Bear to to. <laughs> calm things down who amongst this thing right the players will come through um i'm there's certain players i guess day one usually the way it works michigan closes out day one and the buckeyes close out day two right so they build up to it and go through it um your thoughts on greg Schiano, jay foreman uh i mean he's a, you know a good coach um well respected, you know. Again, he's like uh, Loxley of Maryland. You know, the Rutgers isn't a powerhouse, uh, but I think he set the tone for when he came back. He wanted to support from the alumni for new facilities and have plans or concrete plans in place for that. And he wanted a little bit bigger of a spending pool to hire coaches. Um, and he's already shown that he can take a team like Rutgers um, and be, uh, you know, a well respected and uh, I wouldn't say a national championship contender, but definitely a player and uh, you know against you know tougher c- competition. Um, the one thing I'll tell you about him, like 
you know, last year with COVID, I think the COVID restrictions probably were a little bit more. Uh, I think they were a little bit, a little bit more taxing uh, out there on the East Coast than maybe when where we were. Um, and it hit their team pretty hard, just like everybody else's team. So, but you know, they were working at a little bit of disadvantage. Um, you know, never was a. a a game. I don't think they were, you know, ill prepared, and so you got to give him a lot of credit to where he found ways during, you know, times of adversity to find something positive. I mean, they took that game to go down to the bowl game and went down and um, more than represented themselves uh, well. And and when you're at Rutgers, you got to be, you have to be willing and able to do those type of things. You know, you're not. Uh, I think they were five and seven, so they weren't seven and five. So, but when you get a chance to play an extra game and technically be you know get the kids and the seniors to a bowl game um no matter what it looks like uh, you got to get it done and they went down there and did some stuff so it'll be interesting to see what he's viewing or if he's really excited about having a true off season what he can do with Rutgers what he's really thinking that uh, he can build upon what he's looking to uh improve upon and things that he saw last year that maybe he couldn't get to that he's able to get to this year because it's totally different for him um and then this is kind of like his this is actually kind of like his first year to really get in and, and dive into it um and see how fast he can you know get to six and six and seven and five let's talk about tom allen indiana yeah i mean tom i i've re i've uh i'm probably most excited to see him in the flesh um i've interviewed him i don't know seems Ten times at least, maybe even more than that on Big Ten. Um, he's a guy that uh, you you can tell why Indiana was really good um, that one year and up and coming the year before. Um, kind of like Pat Fitzgerald, he can kind of he can will Rico to run through that wall right there in a matter of five minutes. Um, so it's going to be interesting to, to talk to him about some stuff that I talked to him about previously that was probably a positive or really good for him. Um, now he's kind of starting over. You know, quarterback's gone. Penix is gone. Who's going to be the quarterback? I think he lost his offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator two years in a row. Um, he's had to try to hit the transfer portal, some t you know, a lot. Um and, uh, you know, you lost the NFL receiver. Um, they lost a really good linebacker, McFadden, um, how he's, you know, and he's a defensive guy. So, you know, you kind of will be able to kind of chop it up on a defensive mindset. So, you know, he's probably the most excited to talk to because he's a guy's guy. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a he's a down-to-earth head football coach. He's bringing in A.J. Barner, tight end, Cam Jones, and Taiwan Mullen, cornerback. Well, that's telling you. They're, they're, I mean, they're – No quarterback in yeah. the building, no running back. Um, well, it's, again, it's uh, it's no different than Nebraska. It's uh, right? you, know, you lose a guy that was very, very popular, stalwart in your program um, to transfer. You don't have those guys – like Adrian and Penix, those guys don't come like – all the they don't it's not every every class you get those guys I, I was slightly intrigued by Nebraska's choice choices Garrett Nelson Quentin Newsom Travis Vokalek because the story outside of Nebraska is Casey Thompson period period like yeah, everybody yeah, else do, yeah. 
Everybody else wants to know about Casey Thompson. That's not the case here. Um, running backs, receivers, Trey Palmer, none of that. Quentin Newsom, um, you said off break, that of the three guys, the guys, the guy you want to hear the most from is Quentin Newsom. Why? Uh, well, Garrett has been – I mean, I wouldn't say he's been around, but, you, you know, I know Garrett. I've worked with Garrett. So, yeah. I mean, I know Garrett pretty well. I know what he's made of. And I know – I mean, obviously you saw in the spring game he's kind of added a little bit of – a little bit of, you know, a little juice to his game. Mm-hmm. Um. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Newsom is different. I think, uh, you know, he was a he's a guy that I got a tremendous amount of respect for, grown to appreciate. Um, a few times I've seen him in the offseason. Just looks – he's just more mature. Um, he's had to, whether he likes it or not, take on a leadership role in that room because you lose three starters, uh, four if you count JoJo, um, out of the five, right? Mm-hmm. So he's the elder statesman, both by experience and just by longevity here. Um, but then his story of, you know, he was the one, of, I think he was the only one that was out of the starters that didn't have a black shirt for about the first month of the season. Mm-hmm. And there's, in, um, you know, then there's a few other guys that might have been like uh, thinking they should have gotten one. But I mean, hey, look, you're a starter, you figure you should get it. Uh, I've been in that position before, even though I had a black shirt, but, you know, I wasn't on the defensive poster. So, you know, that's kind of like was your validation. So, you know, there's two ways that he could have took it. He could have went in the dump, the dumpster and blamed everybody. I hate it here. I could transfer and all that other stuff. And, you know, he probably went, maybe went, he can answer that himself. It maybe crossed his mind, and, you know, was it fair or right? You know, maybe, maybe not. Um, but he took, I said, then I remember telling you, you can take it the other way. You can go and, and, and show and prove and by your play, validate all your feelings right now and that's what he's done and then he continued to get better i think his confidence grew the the confidence or the confidence from the coaches grew and he started to make some plays now there's still an improvement right um it's probably the little things and um and i'm assuming that's what he's probably gotten better better at in the offseason i think athletically you know he's gonna work hard he's a tough kid um competitor and i just think probably just the little things you need you know want to get better at but i think maybe that's where the confidence come from and that's where the coaches got him going so and then vocalek is you know he's a he's got a lot on his plate you know he's got to stay healthy he's got to be productive and uh he has to be a leader he has to be lock and step with casey because the offensive line doesn't have a guy you don't have cam jurgens you know coming back teddy's hurt turner's hurt or not hurt, but, you know, they're coming back. Whereas Focalic's there. He's a big old strong kid. Uh, I think his dad's a coach mm-hmm. or wanted something on that. I mean, uh, helping out somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, still like a ton of competition, open competition at running backs, quarterback as well. And he's been here. So I assume that, uh, you know, it's, it's no surprise. And it's good for him too. It's good for him to kind of be that guy this year for him. You know, I think he did a really good job last year. Um, he can he can pick him up and put him down. And he's got better hands than people gave him credit for. Obviously, Austin Allen had a phenomenal year. 
But I think Volkler could do it, do his thing again this year. As we head into Big Ten media and the questions, I mean, again, this is a spot where everybody gets to ask their question if, if they have them. Um, I was in a conversation this weekend, and it was this, that the most important player on the Nebraska roster is Casey Thompson. It always is. It's the quarterback. It's That's the quarterback. Why you- it's the guy who touches the ball the most. But then I was asked the question, who are – that, that – Teddy Prochaska is the second most important person on the Nebraska offense. Uh, second most important, whoever the running back is. They said and, third. That's where the third was. Was was? Well, the second, in theory, is is the, is the offensive line. I would say the, the offensive no, line. Is, the, the offensive line is number one. Mm-hmm. Quarterback number two, running back three. Because nothing happens if that line don't get better. Nothing. I don't care who you could bring in. Mike Martz at his at his maximum when he was with the the Rams. You can you can bring up Don Corio. You can get Joe Gibbs. You can get uh, Josh McDaniels. You could get who are the uh, uh, what's the dude Sean McVay, um, Shanahan's kid. You can bring him back to older Shanahan. You can try to get the way too real Denver Broncos running. That shout out to my boys called the Denver Broncos way too real Denver Broncos <laughs> based off the too short too short song right. talking about we the way we way too real. Right. You can have whoever you want. You got the lines got to play, and they got to play to the sense. Now, granted, it, it, like if you're saying they need to go from last year group production to the pipeline, that's not realistic. But it's more than realistic for them to be consistent and not be a negative or a reason why you lost the game. With- and I think they're going to do it. I think they have the right coach for it with the right mentality. Um, I think the the simplicity um, will help them, and I think the challenge will help them. And I think, you know, if there's ever a positive out of having a few injuries in the spring is that you're getting depth and reps just by circumstances. That's only going to make you better. Then you just made the point, and I'll have to ask it, who's the most important coach on the offensive side of the ball? I don't know because I don't know the coaching dynamics. I haven't been down there last year. I could probably answer it, but this year I can't. Because if the line, if the line is the most important priority and focus, then then Riola's existence, success, efficiency. But it's not all on him. That's why the right. great. That's why you, that's why cohesiveness in a coaching staff is great, right? Cohesiveness in a athletic department is great. Cohesiveness. From I guess the very top. So would I don't know would that be the president? I have no idea. I'm just was it the chancellor? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, top to bottom, that's why everything trickles down. And then what what you see, the product of that is what you see on a Saturday. You get what I'm saying? So the cohesiveness from a linebacker room to the captain in the linebacker room to say the sub captain in the linebacker room to the people that are being led. All trickles, all starts there and boils, and then trickles up to, and goes lock and step with the defensive line and the secondary to Shenander's lap, all led by said coaches, and then take the coaching staffs and they do the same. Then, on top of that, you could have cohesiveness in the offense and defense, right? Moving like a well-oiled machine. Well, then here comes the special teams that gotta be able to be cohesive with the offense and the defense. And then you get it all mixed. That's what it comes down to. So, you know, 
I think the offensive line will make it go. I think the I think the experience of Whipple will will help that, right? You know, because he's you know, it's not like Pittsburgh's offensive line was like the 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 hogs or something. Right. You know. So I think his experience with that and experience in the NFL, you know, and all his vast experience to go along with Mickey's experience. Um, obviously, you know, Rayola's experience being with the Chicago Bears. So I think with that, I think the cohesiveness between those two is top to bottom is what's going to help. But, you know, the play of the offense line is going to be the hugest thing. And I think it's good for them because they're going to, you know, ideally they should be like where I want to – ideally a coaching staff would want the offensive line to beat the defensive line where it's going back and forth because – they're both beginning better. You 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 put hogs together with Pitt, and immediately you gotta remember that's where the hogs were built. Mark May and Russ Grimm were. Both and if you're Pitt. so, and if we're both so played at Pitt, like that's like that's how that's how when you do you mentioned Joe Gibbs attacking and trying to get his per, his organization better, he started with the offensive line. People get fooled by the quarterback. Remember, the line was consistent. The quarterbacks were not. Well, he people, used three different people quarterbacks. People understand when the Patriots were winning the Super Bowl. Super Bowls or one I mean Super Bowls that mm-hmm. did their offensive line in the Dante Scalaria was one of the best in the NFL. They just didn't have the guys that you would think that they were they were just getting guys that were worked well together. Mm-hmm. And they always had a really good center and they always had a pretty good tackle and then they just worked with whatever group they had and curtailed their offense around that. Really good pass protection offensive line. Guys that could get out in space and move. We hit Wes Welker and we go over top of Randy Moss. And then we went to a little bit of, you know, we, well, they tried to go two tight ends with Gronk. And I won't even mention the other guy. Mm-hmm. Then, oh, well, we aren't explosive on the outside. Julian Edelman is getting a little old. Okay, so then we're just going to line up with Trent Brown, who's like 380 pounds. And we're just going to mow thump, you. Thump. We're going to yeah. thump you. That's what it is. Uh, we'll toward the break. We'll come back. All right, I want to ask Jay. About Mo Tucker and what's happening in Michigan State. The uh, line. I'm going to ask him if he's the mad line. That, that's, we're going to talk about that when we come back. You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.